We are now recording, and this is one of our episodes of Out Now Nights. 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 Out Now is normally a film podcast where we talk with a loud voice about new movies weekly. However, we like to have these special Out Now Nights episodes where we uh, we go into some other topics. Yep. Uh, we, we've done a number of these Nights ep- nights episodes. I was taking a drink of water right there. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we keep up with it. These tend to be way looser and a little bit more yeah. fun sometimes, depending on the topic. But we've we've gone over things from ranging from what, like interstellar spoilers early on to a, yeah. a, a dope right. discussion because we couldn't get to a full review of dope. Uh, to yeah. most recently a, a whole episode where my lovely girlfriend Anna, Abe, and I all discuss Stranger Things for an extended, tired conversation. And what, uh, what episode number was that, Aaron? That was episode eleven, which we're just now realizing. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, but we did not call out the fact that it was number eleven of nights. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it happens. Given given that this is episode number twelve about now nights, nights. And obviously, as you may have guessed, we're discussing a break a breakdown of the track by track layout of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, Volume Two soundtracks. Where yeah, just we... to prove that Aaron is incorrect about his logic around why Volume Two is better than Volume One. And while Abe's, you know, he likes to speak first and think that he's right, he's wrong because Volume <laughs> Two is clearly. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, that's, that's not. <laughs> that's not. From what... the image that you've seen when you clicked on this file, you probably know that we're talking about Alien, Covenant, and Prometheus. Yes, because what says more than a relevant conversation than discussing further debate? about prometheus and but, right. but it does lead into alien covenant which i think is a uh, well if you spurred this on i, I mean obviously yeah. you you have this of interest i'm, I'm interested as well I, I do like these films more than you and yeah you ma- did mainly yeah, be, both ma- of them mainly because of the ideas they try to get across regardless of how bumpy of a ride it might have been doing so in one or two films uh, but yeah right. so, so uh hey what, yeah, what i mean you, what do you so, want to go into so- yeah, all this got spurred on because uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Prometheus, and as I mentioned in this week's episode, where Alien and I, or <laughs> Alien, Aaron and I talked about Alien Covenant, uh, along with uh, a couple of guests, it was more of um, what I learned after the fact of watching Prometheus and also watching these like deep dive video discussions. So uh, that's where I had to say to myself in the main review for Alien Covenant, you know, objectively, I just didn't enjoy it as much as perhaps uh, somebody who had much more knowledge. So with that, with that uh, kind of taking into account, uh, let's go back and visit Prometheus for a second. And one of the things I didn't like about Prometheus was just how kind of abstract that it was and how the ideas kind of were there, but they never really filtered down through. And Aaron, feel free to jump in, uh, meaning... Like, you know, you might have noticed this much more sooner than I did uh, and shame you for not telling me about these things. But, you know, <laughs> but Prometheus is is this movie that is a prequel to the Alien series. And Prometheus, the title itself is uh, it's kind of telling in that it's it's about, you know, this this God who gave light to man and then was banished for doing so. Right. Well, man, and, man, if it, man essentially stole the light from God in that right. scenario and was punished for doing so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and so they punished Prometheus and they punished uh, the humans and whatever else. And that's what makes it kind of an incredible story just from, sure, the beginning. We all kind of have seen the guy drink the serum and then go on and, and his double helix kind of unravels and you kind of see humans come about. Um, and I think who, who's the original writer? And then they had somebody write some punch up stuff on it, which well, was. To, uh, to, so to clarify, uh, John Spates sure. wrote an original draft. John that, Spates. Was, that wasn't a that was a that was a straight up alien prequel that was linked directly to alien um, and had 
very little in the way of what happened next. What happened? And next, it was going to be called Alien Engineers rather so, than Alien, uh, rather than Prometheus. That's one of the things that was in there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ruminating ideas of the title and whatnot that just kind of happen when you get in development and what have you. But the what happened next after that was uh, uh, David Lindelof came aboard, and this is what this is around the time Ridley Scott was like, I I am not very interested in xenomorphs. Like this is really what he's at. Like it, it's more of as he was developing the story with Spates and, you know, various other people, he more and more realized that he does not care too much about the alien lore as much as fans may have right. liked him to. And as right. a result, by having Damon Lindelof, who is known for his um, bigger ideas that extend beyond a, a property, and you can tell that just from watching Lost or The Leftovers currently, The Leftovers being a, a fascinating show about a, a number of things uh, involving uh, life and what it means to be on it be be in existence and have that taken away and what have you there's a lot of things that that's a whole different podcast um yeah but Lindelof and scott certainly seem to kind of have this sort of agreement um as far as what these bigger ideas are and how interesting that is to them and fleshing out a story that way now saying that and i've talked about this before spates and Lindelof, they got along this wasn't a matter they did. Of, yeah, yeah. Was it, it wasn't one of those things where somebody got pushed off of a project yes. it was it was a completed script ridley scott liked it but he also wanted some punch ups because of what you uh, described there of, you know, some of this stuff that this some of this backstory, I don't so much mind for it. And he's the director, right? So he he has a vision of what he wants to be on the screen anyway. Um, which he which he did try so, to. I mean, he wanted to make clear because obviously it's really Scott returning to this universe, which he made clear. But he also wanted to make sure he I, I mean, this is the kind of thing that it shouldn't matter because the film should speak for itself. But as far right. as you know, the press reporting on what this movie is, Prometheus at the time, which was a big secretive thing, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't quite like J.J. Abrams' level of mystery box, but it certainly had its own. Like, it was event. An event was made out of the fact that Ridley Scott was returning to sci-fi and was doing something that tangentially involved Alien, and he wanted to make it clear that it was tangentially involved and not just straight up like, here's the high school age of Ripley and gang and whatnot before the Med Xenomorph. Like, it's not that. It was you know, um, it was more. Yeah, like, it, was, it was like completely like non or xenomorph. Free. And uh, I think that's that's actually a very ambitious project to take on, right? So that's why I think the ideas behind Prometheus are so ambitious, as what I just said, which are just that it involves this whole entire weird structure of these engineers that come into a, a distant planet or distant planets because they seem to be interstellar folks, and they uh, essentially have created what is today present-day humans and or other organisms because they are kind of like all in, all-knowing intelligent beings. Uh, I mean, they have to be. They they, they conquered space travel. Well, there's certainly, travel, there's certainly right? advanced life forms. That's the idea. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how much they act, if they knew so much, they wouldn't be dead. Um, right. They're dead because of well, Walter. I mean, if they knew, if I mean, they, I'm sorry, if, David. If they knew so much, they, you know, they'd have that foresight. Um, <laughs> but let me, let's make this clear right now as we're saying this. This is going to be spoiler heavy on both films. Yeah, this Alien is crazy Covenant spoiler and heavy. And also, it kind of reaches into like, uh, it, it, it does definitely reach into... Um, theoretical atmospheres to some degree. But essentially with Prometheus, what, what's neat about it is the juxtaposition between people's faiths, which you clearly see all the time uh, with people who are wearing rosaries and necklaces and crosses, and them, they're talking about the origin of themselves, always wanting to find out where they came from, what if you could meet up with your creator kind of thing. And then the it that being juxtaposed with, well, what if your creator was another human life form or not even human. I mean, just another being uh, that is from like distant star planets. And so that's where, that's where we kind of talked about with covenant too. And we'll get into covenant, but Prometheus was, was this great idea because you have, um, 
David as one character, and then you also have uh, Wayland as another character who wants to meet his folks. And Wayland creates David, right? And then David somehow, I guess, becomes more questioning of what his role is and who he is. Um, and it's very unique the way that they do it because uh, he watches, what, Lawrence of Arabia? And he's, like, dyeing his hair as these people well, he begins, are in hyper. Yes, he begins to, because he has a he's a thinking robot. He, he's able, he develops a fondness for Peter O'Toole's performance in Lawrence of Arabia, and he starts to kind of style himself after that, which on Fassbender's part is fantastic, uh, is uh, fascinating to me. I, I, the idea of an, of this actor playing this robot, playing this other character to kind of resemble after, in addition to having his own thoughts. And like, the, I mean, I, as much as you want to talk about the themes of Prometheus, this should really just be the David podcast. Like that's like, cause that's, that's really what it, it's going to boil down to. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly what Ridley Scott was most excited about doing on film and that's those are the strongest beats within both movies um i mean it continues right so with prometheus again you have david here and he's he's this complex character because he's an android but he's this android that like what aaron said he feels and he he or he doesn't feel but he wants to know what feeling is because he needs he seeks to understand the human emotion to better be in an environment to serve these people and or carry out orders right he's empathetic. so it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he has empathy compared to walter who doesn't who's kind of made you know to be he's made to be less robotic right. uh because david was too basically too creepy for people and that's why they updated the it is very creepy and you definitely get that feeling as you're watching alien covenant but uh, as you move along in prometheus you see that elizabeth shaw and her team they kind of go to this planet and then the, all these questions arise of what, what was this black goo that's coming up and what is going on in this planet like why if these are the people that you know, quote unquote, created this. Why did they abandon this kind of thing? And that's that becomes another very interesting, I guess, theoretical discussion because I've read and seen things where they say like, well, you know, it kind of it pattern or it 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 kind of patterns itself on the the story of Jesus, right? And I'm not a crazy religious person. I don't know if you are, Aaron, but um, it's very interesting and unique when you hear these things of like. You know, she's carbon dating this creature, and it's like, well, it's 2,000 years old. And it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of parallels with that and the story of Jesus and and why Jesus was taken. And perhaps these aliens were coming back to go and destroy Earth because they essentially uh, – it goes back to the whole time for me, this thing. Like they, they essentially um, – uh, they misused the education that was given to them by these alien – origins folks and that was that like it always blew my mind when i was thinking about this and how these people were putting together all these theories from uh, authors and other alien lore and i was like this is crazy like this is this is an crazy engaging movie but again when i first saw it i was like this is this is so dense and it doesn't make any sense to me and did you get a sense of what perhaps was going on well, when I've, you're I've, watching prometheus i have a question for you to begin with sure uh, have you wa- have you rewatched prometheus not in full. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've seen like uh, I've seen like forty five minutes of it, but not in full. Well, for, for one thing, I would say rewatch Prometheus, because I, I, I feel like okay. the the things that you don't like about Prometheus, I feel like are much fewer than the things that you can like about Prometheus. Like, because I because I've seen sure. Prometheus like four or five times now at this point. I own it. I wa- yeah. I don't watch it regularly necessarily, but I've certainly watched it a number of times. And I do think the because the, the common criticisms that I tend to be pretty generalized as far as space cobra and charlie saren doesn't turn left <laughs> at the right time and it's like i mean that's two things in a two-hour movie that's that's two minutes of screen time maybe yeah 
where where there's so much going on here, not in just in terms of story, but in terms of just basic filmmaking. There's so much beautiful things to look at as far as how he uses how Ridley Scott uses visual effects and uh, his shooting on Iceland, I believe, to make this kind of right. rich new world we haven't been to before. There's a great score here. There's terrific performances that we far better than I think in Covenant, besides Fassbender. Regardless of how deep the characters are, I do think there's yeah. there's better acted performances in Prometheus. In addition right. to, yes, a, a very ambitious story. And what you're saying here, I should note, the things you're going into as far as the, the, the depths of uh, relig religious thematics, uh, science fiction, what have you, these are all things that people have taken away from this movie and have explored on their own. These aren't things that the movies... That's correct. These aren't things that the... You know, I'm sure Lindelof has his own, you know, giant file about the various ideas. I'm sure, I'm sure that Ridley Scott has his own file, too. Yeah, there's certainly, yeah. That, that all goes into the filmmaking, but the film itself right. is presenting what it needs to to tell its story. And yes. I would say, as a viewer of said film, knowing, you know, just enough of what I need to get into this as far as it has these people, it's done by this director, it's written by these people, and it's, and it's connected to Alien in some way walking out of the film the first time i could certainly say yes there are questions that remain that ideally would be answered in a follow-up film which which did not go by me it just made sense but in terms of the yeah. kind of questions it throws at you as a viewer and what i'm supposed to kind of take away from the experience of watching a movie like this beyond just visceral thrills and whatever else on a kind of surface level um yeah. sure i'm intrigued by that nature i i would i I, I did. Uh, I saw this film with uh, uh, Tall Ken, a uh, friend of the show. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. At the screening at Fox back in 2012, and we certainly had a conversation about the things that went on. Um, but like the conversation that emerged for me, at least, it wasn't stemming from a place of like, I don't know, of confusion, uh, or you know, sure. miss, missing the missing the missing the point, so to speak, or what have you. Uh, like the larger points. Yeah, the larger points. It, it, I wouldn't say that the the thoughts I had on this movie and its thematics weren't based off of like I didn't get what it was doing. Now, obviously, saying didn't get it, that's not you know, that, that's not a substantial answer, and that's why you don't. Yeah, that's why I write reviews that are a thousand words and not just I didn't get it. Moving on. Um, but but as, you know, as far as what you're presenting to me, um, I I am happy that there are people out there that you know took away a lot yeah, from this they, and wanted to delve right. into it deeply, and I do think right. that's the mark of a film that's interesting. Uh, yeah, that, me that's, too. That's the mark Which of is like the, actually, the after the fact yeah, stuff. It leaves a stamp in that way. That, right. and, and as far as what I took away from it, what you're kind of asking me in general, I, yeah, I, w I wouldn't say the initial viewing spurred on like I need this have this like you know hour long YouTube conversation that really delves into the various thematics that go into it. But I certainly feel like I I got the the bullet points of what it was trying to do. I certainly thought about yeah. it afterwards. I took away my own kind of interpretations of what it was doing. But I also, I don't think it's necessarily that, now there's, you can certainly expand it in your mind and, you, can, you know, go further with it, write a whole thing or whatever. But in terms of ultimately what it's doing, I wouldn't necessarily say it was all, you know, incredibly deep uh, in, in terms of like kind of just basic charting what this film sets out to do. You can take those ideas and and just kind of warp them into yeah, all kinds of things. you can definitely extrapolate them, which is why, yeah. you know, again, I preface this by saying it's going to go into some theoretical stuff, but... Uh, I, do, I certainly do want to backtrack and just get back to Prometheus as well, uh, just from what we saw, from what, not just the yeah. not the theoretical stuff, but just again what you're presenting on the screen. Uh, but I'll let you finish. Well, that's basically. It. I mean, yeah, it's by by the end of this movie, in terms of the mystery surrounding what I'm being shown in this film, involving the engineers, what they're setting out to do, and have you. I would say yeah. the, the the basic structure of what the film does. I get that. I understand what it does as far as. 
it has its own you know science fiction explanation of the origins of life and what have you which you know that's neat that's a, like if that's the, that's the direction they chose to go that's certainly far out there from it's this it you know this is a weird comparison but it's almost the same as like transformers went from being just like this random source of like robotic <laughs> life out in space to being now you know four films in it's like every fucking movie deals with transformers having been on earth since now king arthur age since, and, since and forever the, yeah and since the, the pyramids and what have it's like okay we've got a far away from like they have some distant planet that robots live on to they've been with us our entire lives and that's what alien has become yeah. it's not only of like are there aliens out there it's like these aliens that they they stem from these other aliens that actually created us and it's like okay this is these are some big steps i can see that being troubling in the eyes of sub i'm taking it as just science fiction that's which is what it is and it's like okay yeah that's that's a fun concept let's see where it goes from there and for me um as one that i'm happy to you know take further discussion obviously that's what we do a podcast but you know as far as as far as walking into a movie and walking out of a movie i had a good time thinking okay that was a very unconventional r-rated horror sci-fi adventure movie that had a lot of big right. ideas now was it you know five star successful new classic along with alien and blade runner from really scott not necessarily not but necessarily I, but i do think because of that ambition which i could say speak for far more than alien covenant i think because it actually chose to go into a, a bold direction as opposed to here's ridley scott making the, you know the origin of aliens exactly i was i i enjoyed that greatly and i, I enjoyed the idea of giving audiences something to think about after the fact they might not have all liked that but i certainly think it's better than well basically this movie that we got this week yeah i mean it it is better because again the ideas that they present and you know just take it back to the core of prometheus again yeah the 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 theoretical and the whole entire like explanations of things that are outside of the realm of the movie itself that stuff is unique and it's pretty neat and it is pretty heavy uh, but prometheus itself i think it I, I didn't appreciate it at the time because I, I saw it as, oh, well, these are weak characters that also have terrible motivations and they also do like ridiculous things, right? But, uh, you know, the, the idea at the time is just essentially uh, gods and monsters. And that's this really neat idea that you're trying to put on the screen. And without the alien stuff, it actually would be itself a fine movie, right? If you didn't have to have the aliens in it and if you didn't have to have xenomorphs or whatever the case – uh, fan service, as you would, as, as some might put it, then it actually does work as its like own unique idea of questioning existence, because that's a lot of what Wayland wants. You know, he just wants to live forever, kind of thing. Well, this is this and is then the Dave thing that has. I, this is why you, I want you to rewatch Prometheus, because there's not much alien stuff in it. Like, I mean, it's there, yeah, there it's, is. It's terms of yeah. like it, it's, it has Wayland Utani, the company that you know is in all these movies. Yeah, sure, that's there, but that's you know that's hardly a. That's hardly and, fan and like, service. That's more the look just, of an engineer, which yeah. is well, what see an alien seventy nine. I, I mean, there's certainly yeah, there's the Geiger influence because that's just that's the art style, that's the cinematic style of this right. franchise. So I can't you know you can't fault it for sticking with that art stuff. But in terms of yeah. like heavy plot buildup that revolves completely around alien stuff, it's not. No, there. there's, there's like, I don't it, think there's really any in, the, until the most overt thing is, like, the, is that final two minutes. Or not even two minutes, the final like thirty seconds where a proto version of a xenomorph pops right. out. Like that's yeah. it. Like that's that's all you really have to and the fact that there are androids, I guess. Like I mean that but that's just like that's just universe that's just sci fi stuff yep. in general. But I would yeah. if there's something else though, what I think gets to people about these about these two alien movies, uh, these two Ridley Scott, you know, alien franchise movies. Prequel movies, these yeah. Pre- these prequels, yes. The Covenant prequel yeah. whatever they decides to call it. Eventually. Whatever they're gonna call yeah. them. Yeah. I mean I there's and I'll make another reference. Um, it's to uh, uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. There's something that, I mean, there's obviously, there's an unnaturalness to 
seeing a movie that doesn't care about characters and doesn't want to give you that. It doesn't want to focus on that. And by as a result, because it's such a cumbersome thing to handle, you get really good actors that feel like they're being underutilized because the movie doesn't care enough about them. Uh, now, these are different films, obviously. One's yeah, I would. Uh, I think Prometheus, they're much different. Prometheus, yeah. Well, Prometheus is sure it's more ambitious than Godzilla. Was. I think it's more I, idea heavy, and then it's more idea heavy. I think there's a lot more going on in Godzilla than people want to give credit to, and there's other there's <laughs> other reviews from writers that are better than me that could really go into that. Um, sure. I, would, I would recommend David Ehrlich's review of Godzilla. Um, but um, I'm gonna the, look that one up. It's a I, mean, I hope I'm not disappointed. It's a fantastic review. I'll, okay. I'll send you a link. Uh, but, it's, right. but if you but to get back to what I'm saying there. I think that Ridley Scott is so uninterested in characters in these movies. He's he's happy to get. I mean, yeah, actor, I actors agree. actors are obviously lining up to work with Ridley Scott because he's an acclaimed director. He's knighted, you know. He's, he's, but he's that means nothing. The knighted part, but no, he's an acclaimed director. So this guy's <laughs> making an alien movie. Why would you be like, hey, I have a script here. It's for uh, you know Doctor Doolittle three or Alien. Like, what do I got to say no to? Like, what, come on. Uh, so yeah, you get these great actors and they're in this movie and they do the parts that are giving to them. But Ridley Scott's script is like his in his headspace. It's clearly on you know the fast. Role. It's clearly on David. It's clearly on Walter, yeah. and it's clearly on this, you know, the universe building and the universe concepts that he's going for. And right. that is, a, yes, that is a hard thing to pull off. I don't necessarily give the movie credit for going in this new direction, but at the same time, I, I respect it. I like the idea of a movie of a. That, that's the term right there. Is I've I've come to respect Prometheus, mm-hmm. which is you know I. I I can tell you without any uh, without any hesitation that I did not respect it from the first time that I saw it, and that's uh, mostly because again the characters and also I wasn't even sure what was really going on here. It just didn't feel like a complete cohesive story to me. And again, if if it if it is the case that Ridley Scott is one of those folks that kind of does away with his characters, he doesn't really want to go through them. Covenant is a perfect example of that. I had a lot of uh, issues with it uh, on a character level, but. Yeah, I, I just I certainly give it ambition, and, and I've come to respect it a little bit more for the ideas that it's portraying, uh, minus the alien stuff. Because again, I'm seeing it on a, kind of standalone to the alien stuff. I, I kind of just see it more as like this theological and and universe uh, idea now, which is it's a good thing because uh, I like when I'm thinking outside of the box with uh, with these movies that we've seen time and time, and it still kind of is relevant even after like three, four years after its release, right? And this, so, and this brings us to a greater discussion about the evolution of cinema. Now, I'm not saying that Prometheus is this kind of starting point to the same thing, but at the same time, something this and Avengers came out in the same year, and I mentioned that for two reasons. Prometheus, or, yeah, Prometheus, I'm not going to say it's the benchmark of being like the first film that did, you know, cast aside its characters in favor of themes. That's not true. But it is a mm-hmm. significant movie that came out at that point. It was a movie that everyone wanted to see and had mixed reactions to. And things have kind yeah. of moved on from there. And we've got now a sequel to Prometheus, as well as something like I mentioned Godzilla and other films that really go kind of concept heavy and putting the, the character second. Again, not the first time it's been done, but certainly one that I can point to as a, an example of that. At the same time, you have Avengers that came out in that same year. Completely different movie. But what I'm, but the point I'm bringing up there is that also marked a difference in cinema where suddenly the idea of, of franchising in a new a new way came about not just having sequels but having universes built and mm-hmm. just just today as we're recording this they announced the whole monsters universe now we already knew That's that right, we yeah. already we already knew that the mummy was supposed to be this kind of backdoor pilot to making more universal monster movies and they'd all be together at some point but now like universal laid out this whole like time not a giant not like dc style timeline where it's like six movies planned but they certainly they've made it made audiences more aware than they were previously that there is a there is a thing being planned to have more characters now, I, now getting back to the tw- 2012 thing uh, you have avengers that kind of 
it makes studios shake suddenly. They're like, we got to do this now. We got to have these, these cinematic universe. We just had King Arthur bomb two weeks ago, or you know, we, we did. <laughs> right. We have DC struggling to do their thing, and Marvel's still going right. along. And now that involves a level of knowledge that's not just about you know, you saw the first one, now you see the second one, now you you can or cannot. You can see just kind of much like comic book book issues, you can see all these different versions or these different takes on these characters and their own separate thing, and also see them team up in one big thing. It's this weird thing where movies, you know, there's only so many ways to do movies. We've proven that many times with sequels, reboots, and what have you. And now we're getting mm-hmm. to this, like, well, where do we go next? Where do we, how do we do things? 3D is obviously an advantageous thing. IMAX cameras is a thing. And the idea of yep. shared universes is supposedly going to be a thing. Whether or not it works out, we'll find out in due time. Yeah, but, I think that's, a, that's certainly an ambitious one there. But there's, I, I, yeah, it's ambitious on the part of We've the studio. We've seen it before. It's but, ambitious but on the part of the studio. of, like... But it's a, it's 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 not not happening as far as plans being made by. That's studios. correct, yeah. And again, we've seen it before, uh, but to a limited degree, very limited degree. Yeah, and now we have, and on so speaking to the other realm of things, you have this kind of ambitious sci-fi property that that you are seeing more sci-fi movies that are kind of going on idea-heavy themes and what have you. Now, it's not new for sci-fi. Sci-fi and horror, uh, they've, 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 been, they've always been, been about kind of having yeah, social commentary and other yeah. greater ideas that are boxed inside a B-movie, essentially. Right. Uh, getting back to what I'm saying with Prometheus, yep. it... <laughs> This and is, I definitely want to get into Covenant after this. Yeah, uh, this is a, this is a movie that uh, it. I think you should definitely watch again in full and I'll, just see what I'll it's give doing. it a go. Well, no, I mean, why, I promise I'll give what, it a go. I mean, why not? I mean, what what, yeah, is, yeah, what is there to lose? I, I mean, you you know that you at least at the bare minimum appreciate the movie. I mean, watching it in full without like being interrupted or what have you. I can only think goes well because you can look past the things that you know are going to happen and appreciate all the good that really comes out of this movie because it's yeah. it's not like many other things that you see in a modern day box office movie. Like certainly maybe something like Under the Skin or something or Moon or something much smaller scale, but something like Alien, a hundred and thirty million dollar blockbuster coming out in the middle of the summer, that's not you don't see movies like that. And <laughs> I. I wish Covenant was better just to see more of this stuff. That doesn't mean really Scott's not not make another movie. He will. He's going to make it, and hopefully it'll be a third one. It'll round out this thing, and we can move over it. And ideally, it'll be just you know really really good. But you never know. But the getting these movies, this is something that's you know, and having you know people, you know, all movies get these kind of treatment as far as like giant YouTube videos of like what this really meant or what have you, which sure. by and large I think is generally kind of dumb. Not as far as what the, not, not, not as far as trust what, me, trust me. I'm not I'm not watching like the the worst ones. I'm no, yeah, but some, but not as far yeah. as not as and far I don't as, watch them all the time. Yes, yeah, so and not but not as far as like what they're saying and what the information is that they're gleaning. But the the other thing that comes from it, where you know someone else will be like, well, watch this movie, and then you're suddenly gonna like it because now you get it, like that snarkiness to it. It's more of yeah, if you like it, you like you. Clearly, you're not a huge Prometheus fan, but you certainly were fascinated by the ideas being presented in some other videos, which is fine. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that whatsoever. But again, it was also because of. I, I I think that I was taken out of the movie by the characters and by what I saw was going on in the screen, which is a detriment. Again, it goes back to the storytelling, right? It goes back to the storytelling of, well, it just doesn't feel like I'm engaged in this movie right now. So therefore, I'm not going to really pay attention as much as I would be or if uh, if something was much more intriguing. And that's where I, again, I, I felt bad that I had made this terrible mistake of not paying attention to the, the storyline uh, as much as I did with uh with covenant because i had this quote-unquote newfound uh i guess exposition information the so 
it's a bummer that I did that, and I would say you're that. right that you don't really see a whole lot of like hundred plus million dollar movies being made with these kind of high concepts, and that is something that you, I mean, you brought up some great examples, and other examples that we we're going to talk about in a few weeks are Transformers and also uh, 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 Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are also franchise movies that have to continue being multi-million dollar what uh, what ifs um and we've, we've talked about that in the past of how people we like when people take chances but um enough about prometheus we'll move into well, covenant just, now. Just, just to back yeah, up sure. real quick i i sure. tried to try not to lose the thought because uh, <laughs> <laughs> i like i make these big pronouncements and i'm like trying to like, like my mind's going a mile a second trying to like make up but i do think that you know when you're talking about alien covenant which we're about to talk about i do think there's a the, that movie's more streamlined in terms of the plot that it's exploring. I, and I think it makes it easier to kind of comprehend on a you know conventionally entertaining level of like they go here and then they go here and they meet this guy and they talk about this and they go back here again. Prometheus. Well, the, does... term that we use, the term that we use on the podcast, which I agree with, was fan service, and well, I didn't yeah, really but... so much like that fan service. Well, yeah, and we're about to get to that. I will get to that. But and that, but that yep. what I'm saying is that movie travels on a a, a very linear pla- a linear path. I'd say Prometheus yes. does too, but I think the big ideas are like all over that movie and they're constantly being shouted at you. Now, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best written movie and I would say I I understand where you're coming from when you say you're not engaging with it because that's a movie. That's a subjective film problem at that point. If you're not connecting to the movie, you're not connecting to the movie. It doesn't matter how intelligent it is. It's, you know, it's right. not, it's if it's not working it's not for you, it's not working kind of for you. Thing. There's plenty of movies yeah, that there's plenty of movies that are widely acclaimed that I don't like because I just don't like watching the movie. Like it's that's just what it comes down to. I can appreciate and the fact we'll that we'll get to the air there in another discussion okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah let, so yeah so with all that let's get to covenant let's get to covenant so covenant p- takes place 10 years later after the events of the shah debacle on whatever planet they're on it doesn't so much matter but again what what this guy does really well is he's really focusing and honing in on the conversations between walter and david who are both played by michael fassbender they're both androids walter is now an, a different version that has been less uh less i guess empathetic sympathetic he's sympathetic been, he's been made, yeah he's been made to not care essentially he's been made As to be to, he's been made to be directive oriented there's yes there's no there's no enhancements involving emotion whatsoever he's just made right. to he's programmed to do what is asked of him <laughs> correct and so again what makes this super cool is that at the end there you know that willing was uh, asking these these uh, engineers to prolong his life and david was always questioning well wayland doesn't like me anyway uh, he calls me his son but uh, he doesn't treat me like one and then here comes david this android who has presumably killed elizabeth shaw and then he drops all these like black liquid things onto the the engineer planet essentially making him a god and he is so enamored with that idea and that is that's the only thing that he wants to do is he wants to go and destroy these humans that were mean to him because he always brings up with with the uh, people that he talks with that oh elizabeth Shaw, she was nice to me and now he's got this like tremendous hatred toward humans and he just wants to wipe out the entire civilization or the entire he wants to create this giant purge in the universe and that is fascinating that is like this android that's it's like this android that has taken on these characteristics of a god or or an all-powerful being and wants to go and you know commit this giant atrocity across the the universe like i i definitely want to see more of that unfortunately me, it doesn't get into that let me, i want i want to 
I want to beg to to, to differ a bit on sure, on, on David's motivations. I don't think he, I mean I agree that he is he has contempt for humanity, um, and that he essentially does plan to kind of kill everyone. Um, but I do think it's less about killing and more about he wants to create a perfect organism. Um, which goes that's that's accurate which yeah. goes all the way back to I mean, alien 79 with ian holm as the as the android there um who ash ash who describes the um excuse me who describes the there by the way there's ash bishop i forget what winona Ryder. bishop two is. no there's ash bishop oh which, uh, her Winona's, name is call call and david abcd um and yeah. then they're like fuck it walter so whatever um, apparently, <laughs> you. Appa- apparently Edward was not a good Android name. Throwing um, in all these wrenches. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but what I, but what I'm saying, what, so going back to all the way back to Ash, when he first discovers the the xenomorph in with John Hurt and everything, when all that's happening, he describes it as a perfect being. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 he see he sees this creation, which is presumably what David has eventually come up with, given the trajectory of the series, and acknowledges this creation as this kind of impossibly perfect idea of what a specimen should be, what a living organism should be in terms of the way it's designed, how it's birthed, how it reproduces its objectives, what have you. It's like, it's everything that's possibly efficient in his eyes. Um, So, so in this movie, so in covenant, you have the situation where yes, David, he destroys all of the, all of the engineers on this new planet, planet, on the engineer planet. Um, and then, yeah, he the new humans arrive, which, by the way, we didn't talk about this, but the the idea that these, I mean, w- did you not think that David would have been responsible in some way for sending some kind of thing that m- messed up their yes. ship? And, what, and of course. Apparently that's yeah. not it. It's just a giant coincidence that that happened, which is not. Are you serious? Who, who says that? Well, Abe, was there any explanation to why? I mean, it was just there a There wasn't, but it was I, just had, a, it was just... I, I was like, this is obvious what he's doing. He's sending distress signals slash, you know, all these, like, calls just so that they uh, well, he can see, he can get humans out so he can get the 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 uh, black goo off the planet. There's tra- they're transmitting a radio. They're, he's transmitting. He's putting out a radio transmission. But as far as what happened, it was just a solar flare, which is random. I mean, he's not sending okay. solar That's flares unless there's some kind of deleted scene that explicitly explains that he sent it. it. For all I know, for all I'm, it's the same as passengers. It's just a random solar flare messed everything up. Like which That's, yeah, open up over that Chris Chris uh, yeah. Chris Pratt's pod. Yeah, and and based and based off what the movie tells me, it just happened to be this way, which is nonsense to me. Because as you're saying, what you're saying is what makes sense and what a movie should rightfully reveal to you that David actually did this on purpose to gag this again. Shit down but here. that goes back to his motivations of like, oh, you know, I definitely want to get this black goo off, and I don't want to destroy humans, oh, yeah. so it, I will do this nefarious oh, thing. Oh, yes. And it, like that makes total sense it, to me. It it completely makes sense. But the which movie, is why but, which is why I was kind of charged when you were like. Uh, when you're like, you know, it was just coincidence. Like, who wrote that? Yeah, I was like, but I like, want to know who yeah. wrote that so I can I can write a mean comment to them well, on Facebook. Exactly what you're saying is what makes perfect sense, except the movie doesn't tell me that that happened. For all we know, because the only thing that we're communicated is that there was a solar flare and it messed up the ship. I don't know how David would create solar flares. Granted, he's on an alien planet. I don't know. Maybe they have solar flare guns and they can shoot up into the sky and knock out random spaceships. But yeah. for, for what I'm, the information I'm giving is that it just happened to be this way, and they just happened to land on a random planet that happened to have David. That's really stupid. I mean, that's, that's stupid screenwriting. Again, yeah, I'm happy, I mean, I'm it, happy it's to know. That it's, it's also just like it's lazy. Lazy. It is. It's incredibly lazy. But that's besides the point. Uh, getting back to what David's motivations are, as I was saying, I, to beg to differ. I think it's, yeah, I think it's more of it's less that he just wants to maliciously kill you know everybody that came onto the planet, and more that he sees a new crop of people he can experiment on. 
Right. Uh, and so that's obviously, yes, it leads, it most likely leads to death in the majority of the cases. Billy Crudup, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, do you get that point where, like, he sees the, 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 um, the neomorph, the white one, the white version, um, who's yep. like, he's trying to kind of train. He's trying to tame it. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to tame it, essentially, and then Billy Crudup destroys it. That probably cements his idea that I should just lead all these guys to slaughter, go to the eggs, and have them all implanted that way. Whatnot. <laughs> but, you know, beforehand, I think he is very curious about, well, what can I do with these people? And but like he probably did to Shaw, he probably just you'll probably just lure them into his scenario where he can experiment on them. Not completely different from killing them, but it's I think it's less of a kind of like I see human, they're dead, and more of a I see human, I'm gonna bring them into this thing and do my own stuff with them. <laughs> well, the thing is like again, you 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 are you were made aware that he's been cross pollinating these yes. things with the with all the animals on the planet. That's why they're all dead because he's basically made this like giant virus that wipes out any other. He, or any other animal life form, right? Um, and it's it's really amazing to see him go through all these things. And he himself, again, views himself as a creator of things. And he's going through all these uh, experiments with Shaw, with other xenomorphs, neomorphs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and then, yeah, you get the scene where he's kind of uh, trying to tame that one neomorph, xenomorph, and he gets upset. But what I was taking from that scene is, Oh, this is his creation. He wants to. He basically wants to uh, that thing to acknowledge that 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 is his quote unquote father. Um, but what I loved that they kind of skipped over was when Walter was, you know, he's he's basically saying like he's he's calling him out on the quote that he's always quoting the the Shelley slash. Uh, I think Walter David thinks that it's a quote from I forget which philosopher, but Walter knows that it's not, and he basically says. Uh, we had to be – I'm a different version of you, and people were made aware that there were flaws in your system, so I am now better than you are, and they, they couldn't really see that before. And I was like, this is this is crazy great sci-fi right now that is not being discussed more in this movie, and they have to go and switch to these people dying off. And it's really unfortunate that there was a great continuation of the David story about his search for his own meaning and kind of finding it in this terrible way. Uh, and then wanting to exact quote unquote revenge uh, against people that were cruel to him while spawning this perfect breed of, of animal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really entertaining, but it, again, I say that with great respect to Prometheus and whatever else, but if you take it alone as a standalone movie, it's just not that good. If the ideas are super shallow, the characters are, are terrible, and you miss out if you if you hadn't paid attention to Prometheus like I didn't do the first time I I missed out on a lot of these things that you know you have already thought about right so it's really unfortunate that they they gloss over these things because uh, Terrence brought it up a great point too he's like you know Billy Crudup I love that they had this guy here who was a continuation of like the the boyfriend to Elizabeth Shaw who's like this uber religious guy but he also is a scientist and it was also what happened, it was Shaw as well like Shaw, Shaw was very much a Christian was she also pretty religious yeah she okay. she wears a cross around her neck in that movie I mean okay yeah but it but I yeah. mean the, the way they that's another flaw of both of these movies is they merely use that as set dressing as opposed to a very interesting idea, which is yes. I, that's a, it's a very interesting idea to kind of to to have faith counter counter science and and, play, and present that as something that of, of how one deals with you know the 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 ideas of one versus the ideas of other or the ideas of both of them corresponding with each other or what have you. There's plenty of potential for them to do something in both films, and I would say Prometheus has so many other things going on that that's a little bit besides the point. It's an interesting idea, but one that gets dropped. This one. 
there's only so much going on, so it really could yes, have used correct. that to both both strengthen Billy Crudo's character, who gets underserved, as well as strengthen the movie as a whole, as far as being about something more than some key scenes involving like just Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I agree, and that, that again, it, it does a disservice to people who, again, it, not even not even if you were crazy interested in what happened in Prometheus, but it just within itself, contained within itself, within its own two-hour movie. It just does itself a disservice because you have these people that are presumably from all walks of life. And I actually like when they start talking about, oh, you know, don't worry. These people are just going to be your your neighbors. You don't have to deal with them for that much longer. There's so much animosity between the humans themselves or between the the uh, the crew that you don't really so much like get a sense of what's going on. Wait, and what, are so, you, what, are you, what are you speaking to? Sorry. To just the entire crew. So the crew is so small and contained that you have all these people that have different walks of life, and you could have expounded much more on it, but you decided not to. I mean, the crew is like what twelve people deep, it's like, and you yeah. kill off four yeah. four people that are unnecessary, so it becomes like eight. And those eight, I mean, within that eight, there's still only like five of them that are pretty uh, that that you have a better storyline for, and none of them go deeper than. Then uh, oh, yeah, the, we're married, and we have to like die now. Yeah, I mean the most and, the most interest in the crew is trying to piece together who's a couple, who's who's a married to who. I didn't <laughs> even know that uh, who who's the um, the sergeant guy, Damien Bashir. I didn't know Damien Bashir had had a partner on this ship. Yeah. Until like I saw the pre or the the prologue. Yeah. And that I was like, this is much better. Well, so this, and this anyway, gets, this gets back to what I I'm kind of fascinated with, even though I think it's a flaw of the film, is how much Ridley Scott doesn't care about human characters. I mean, he has literally a deleted scene that was then used for prologue material to make sure he could put it into, or that that Fox was like, well, we have all this footage of these actors we paid very high amounts of money to, we might as well use it in right. some way, and so they put it into the ad campaign. Um, yeah, and then you and I both liked much more than, than any other uh, character development in the movie. Well, I mean, as far... For for yes for this immediate crew besides Fassbender because I do think one of the most interesting yeah. scenes in the movie is Guy Pearce and Michael Fassbender at the very beginning. Um, at the beginning, in terms of how yes. it's acted, how it's performed, how it's scripted, and how it's shot, I think all but of also, that. But also, yeah, again, again, the questions that are he's asking are very pertinent to Prometheus and also to Alien Covenant, which is um, it, it it really sets the tone for the movie. And if you pay attention there, I think you'll have a an appreciation for what's going on. But it really answers some questions that you had from Prometheus as well, which. It goes back to the fan service thing of maybe are these things too on the nose or are they also too um, too heavy handed in some regard? And I I don't know. I mean I don't so much mind because I liked what they were telling here, the story that they were telling. Because in the beginning there, David is asking like, well, who created you? And he's like, well, we're gonna find that out together. And and, and here's the I mean because you keep mentioning the idea that there's you know the Prometheus has open ended aspects. That's that's not I mean in terms of. Where can it go next? Sure, that's a natural, like, well, the sequel will, you know, expand on some of these ideas. But in terms of, like, loose ends or things that it just I, I felt I did not understand, that's not a problem I had of Prometheus. I don't feel like it's leaving anything not related to well, I what comes been next. I would have been curious about, you know, why why the engineers created them. And no, that's I, what Elizabeth Shaw yes, is I, seeking out. Yes, and I, I, I would agree, sure. And at I, the end, at the end. At, when, by when by the end, plan. I'm supposed to naturally be asking those questions. But in terms of everything yeah. that came before it, I'm not feeling like, well, I don't quite get why this needed to happen this way type questions. It's like I'm, I, I go on that journey, and I understand the journey that they go on that leads to the end of the film. And the end of the film is just, okay, now we're going to go and further – like the Prometheus, I mean – 
is clearly designed as the first part of a greater thing. Uh, regardless of if it's that's to the detriment of the film, I, didn't, I tend not to feel that way. That, I mean, I'm happy to like middle chapters of movies, despite, despite the fact sure. that they're open-ended. I, I, like, I think I'm pretty sure Two Towers has cer- certainly become my favorite of that, of that trilogy. Has it? It's still, I'm still a big fan of Fellowship. See, I, Fellowship's always been the weakest for me. That's me. Uh, I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> you <laughs> who, are. You jerk. Who, who, who needed, you, you hate Hobbiton. It needed a second movie for me to be like, oh, I get it now. Um, <laughs> or like Empire or Dark Knight. Dark Knight's pretty closed off. But, oh, Empire's a great movie. Yeah, but Empire also is like, it doesn't end. Like, I mean, it's like, it's just kind of this middle That's thing. true. They, they have to like, they, well, they go off on their own separate things. Yeah. And uh, it kind of leaves you kind of wanting to know what, what happens yeah. to everybody else. But speak, yes, but speaking to Prometheus, like in terms of everything that goes on in that movie, the things I'm not concerned with are the, you know, the, the basic buildup of what happened, of where these characters come from, sure. what happened on this particular planet that these engineers were a part of, what they were doing, what eventually transpires. All of that makes sense to me, to, to say it in a general way. As okay. Far, it, but... And what comes next, I'm certainly curious about, but I don't feel like that movie suffered because they didn't answer the question of where did the engineers come from. Now, that said, this movie doesn't quite answer that question. I mean, it answers it, but it answers it in a very foot on the ground kind of way as far as they get there and they're all dead now <laughs> it's like well yeah they're exactly and again they, we talked about this very briefly but uh on the on the podcast stuff but there's like a, a 10 second clip of showing david coming back and basically releasing this toxic goo onto everybody and we kind of mentioned that well why is david kind of welling up with tears what does this represent to him you know and we never get it we never get a clear answer to that well and that's yeah and that's what I, so that's what i want to see more of and i i I want to watch that scene particularly again because I, I I really want to kind of study Fassbender and his face facial expression of what he's doing in that scene because it just mm-hmm. it just kind of it's such a weird thing where it just kind of comes at you and especially in a film where as I've said multiple times now Ridley Scott does not care about these characters he doesn't care about humans anyway he cares about David mm-hmm. and it's like why am I getting a film that's not focused on this very significant event in David's life or his lifespan or what have you where he's talking mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. about this thing and showing you this thing that he did that's horrible yeah and, and I mean he, and it, that, it is and to continue on to the David thing you know he he has this beautiful <laughs> part where he's kind of dying and he's being crushed to death by walter and then he asks walter well what are you gonna do are you gonna kill your creator and that is a fantastic concept to to continue on and they should have you know kept beating that drum of well what is walter feeling about all this stuff because walter knows that he's an android he knows that david's an android and yet he knows that he's superior to david and at the same time less uh, moody than david but again david is you can you can kind of guess that they are brothers in arms and it's such an interesting thing that they shine the briefs of lights on and then they take that away from you into this what we talked about the stupidest the stupidest uh ending that everybody saw coming from a mile away i mean yeah it's so foreshadowed it's like how do you like this is like first time filmmaker type nonsense if you're gonna think that you can fool us by making us wonder what now what would have been a brilliant stroke is if it just didn't answer that question if you just kind of suspect that's, it, but it, it didn't go. That's for interesting. It. That's it's way better than the way it presented it now. I mean, it's I, yeah. I I'm far more intrigued by the idea of me very much suspecting that that's not the case, but not quite knowing. That's but never knowing. But never mm-hmm. knowing because that's a great ambiguous touch. I'd love to see something like that, but it didn't go there. But can, can we get back to the the 
the David Walter stuff, I do think sure. it sheds, a, which is why I ultimately recommend the movie. In addition to, as I've said before, on the pod, the previous episode, on the main episode, that the, I think it review, gets, yeah. yeah, that it gets across the level of entertaining thrills that I'm happy with. I'm, I, it's, it's flawed in terms of a number of other reasons I got into, but I still think if you're going as an Alien fan, I went into this movie and I got more or less something that was entertaining to me. It's not perfect by any means, but at the same time, I wasn't necessarily disappointed uh, okay. as a whole. I was disappointed in, in that it was less Prometheus and more Alien, but I got something that I could appreciate to an extent. Um, but there, but it does have that middle chunk that involves Fastbender and Fastbender that I think is more than just a, you know, a couple throwaway scenes. There are There's a good amount of time where Fastbender just basically becomes Dracula luring a victim into his lair and going through all of this. That's, really that's kind of what I was thinking, too, and that's especially it. with like the, the set design. Oh, yeah. It's a, it becomes a gothic horror movie easily. Yeah. It, it does. And it's really, it, I mean, as far as, you know, it's cool to see great shots of whatever New Zealand is where they went. New Zealand, you know, outside. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah, it was New okay. Zealand. It's great. As great as it is to see that kind of muted cinematography and what have you. I really like the sets they designed for the engineer's world and how David's co-opted it to be his own layer. Like I thought that stuff was really interesting and cool and fun to watch and what have you. And again, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's cool that he has different chambers. Yeah, like it's it's fun and it's you know candle lit, you know scrolls yeah. and everything. Like it's well, you have like these these light up stones that are like. Uh, that know when they have like sensors on them so that if somebody's nearby or if Dave is nearby, then they'll turn on, which is neat. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of concept of, of David's home world and what, or again, David's new world. But you're right that the middle does deal a lot with David and Walter. It's unfortunate that just, I, I, I think that if they had continued with that and you still need to kill off the characters, which you can easily do. But uh, I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know how you really reconcile it because the middle is all David and Walter. It, and... It's a lot David and Walter, but it's still also these human characters. And it's just, it's like Ridley Scott. So it's not that he doesn't know what to do with them. He's a, he's a director. He's a, it's a 40 year direct, 40 year career director. He knows how to make movies, right. but it's just, he, he it, I'm so fascinated by what the behind the scenes is on this movie. And like, if he was not necessarily strong arm, but like coerced to, if he wants to do this thing, he needs to do this thing type stuff in order to make the movie he wants to make, which is about David and Walter and, you know, things that yeah. aren't humans and still like have this kind of here's alien stuff and it's bursting through backs and things because that's new. So, yeah, you'll entertain by that. But also here's a secret cool thing that I'm trying to do also. Like, I want to know what the what kind of negotiation he had to do to make that happen, because it just doesn't feel like a complete thing or it feels like two, uh, right. two things coming together that just don't jive as well as ideally you'd want them to despite the fact that there seems to be a level a number of critics that are all about this like they like this movie it that boggles my i actually mind. saw it yeah, yeah i saw it on Rotten tomatoes it actually quote unquote has a certified fresh and it's 78 percent. but it's like wow I, I kind of thought that people would be much more mixed on this no, I, than I, 70 if you look at like Metacritic, it's sixty-six. So like the scores aren't like there's only so many sure. like b pluses and hires but there's still like you know there's a majority of somewhat begrudgingly acceptable opinions like mine for example where it's like well it gives you something to chew on which is basically for me <laughs> fastbender stuff and cool alien kill scenes which is like okay i think I, that's what everyone agreed on too which is the saving grace of it was the fastbender stuff yeah, and it is but i and i i guess it's still a matter of this is a summer blockbuster that you know costs a whole bunch of money so it, it for into that level it is doing something that's slightly different than the norm which i could appreciate it just has some i think it's doing something different from the norm but it's, it's continuing the storyline from prometheus but i just felt like it was just 
hitting it too too square on the nose of uh, telling does. you exactly what's going on, what what Prometheus was trying to tell you, and then giving you a whole bunch of xenomorph scenes which were wholly unnecessary. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's necessarily an apology for Prometheus, but it does feel slightly. I don't think it's an apology it's either. Like, I think it was just yeah. more that that you you do have to cave into to the pressure of the studios from time to time too. I mean. You're given this giant budget, and the studio wants to do this, and the director has a vision, and that's why you always get director's cuts, and you also get uh, theatrical cuts. But well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean book, you did, it, we did get. I mean, last week when, before Alien was coming out, it, there were plenty of articles highlighting quotes that Release got put in interviews where he said, "I always wanted to make up for Prometheus," and he listened to oh, really? and he listened okay. to what yeah, and he listened to what fans had to say, and they clearly wanted more Alien stuff, and this is him trying to reconcile that. And it's like I. I I hate the idea that he succumbed to this kind of thought that because clearly the, clearly Prometheus was mixed it had a mixed reaction um, and it's it I find it a shame that Prometheus that Scott is looking at this and being like well clearly I failed my crowd somewhere instead of you know pursuing his ideas to a, a much fuller extent than just kind of the the limited extent that he does in this movie. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. I mean, it is unfortunate that you do have to cater to the fan service and. If you make it too much about the fan service, then what are you really doing? I mean, what is your vision for this? What was your vision for this? Because if 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 you compare the two properties, right, Prometheus, oh wow, that if that was your vision, I can appreciate that now much more after the fact. Uh, but if Covenant was your vision, it's like I don't know, I I don't I don't think that was your vision because Prometheus is much more grandiose and had a better ideas of what was going on, uh, regardless of how. Extra, or, uh, which we call it? Um, not, uh, not, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think right now. Regardless of how difficult they were to underhand, uh, understand, so it's unfortunate that you have to cave into these pressures. Now, and I, I will speak up. This guy doesn't seem like a guy that would do that. He doesn't. No, which is why it's hard for us to say exactly. Like I can't believe he caved into pressure. Like it's not my place to say what the director's intention sure, sure. was because I mean we're not filmmakers. We're guys that are analyzing films. Well, on I mean, like you know. We're, we, you've made a Godzilla film, fifteen seconds. Yeah, which so. is a work of art, and I, I, I blame my, <laughs> I give credit. I think to it was my, also was it sepia toned? Oh yes, I, well, it was a num- there was a number of mishmash of styles. I really Oliver stoned it, but I give credit to my lovely actress Anna, of course, she did a great job as well. Uh, but no, yeah, it's not our place to say what Scott's intentions were until he talks of course, about yeah, it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I can't, just... I cannot wait for this movie to be on Blu-ray so I can listen to whatever commentary he does because he does great commentaries and whatever giant behind-the-scenes fact uh, back behind-the-scenes stuff there is, uh, as far as, like, making ofs and what have you. That's it. it doesn't mean the movie gets suddenly better, but I'm happy to to take in what words he has to share about the making of this movie, just because sure. I do find that to be fascinating. Um, it, it, there, there, you know, there's there's plenty of times where I, find I really like commentaries, even if I don't like the movie itself. It's like, well, at least I'm happy to listen to what these guys had to say about it. Like, there's just an added perspective sure. level there that, you know, it uh, that doesn't mean, that, because it speaks to, you can't, you know, you can't assume every cast, you know, every every audience member walks into a movie and has all this research done or what have you, and I try not to do research necessarily. I'm happy to, that's just the way I like to inform myself. I don't try to go, in, I don't go into plot I don't, things. I don't but, really like to do research pre-watching a movie. You know what? Yeah, um, I don't go into plot things, but I'm happy to read up about, like, you know, how, like, the, the, not even like scene specific stuff, but like, hey, Tom Cruise like did this kind of exercise to get ready for a certain stunt or something like that's sure. I, I for me consuming media that's I that's something I do appreciate in, in the same way as you know reviewing films. I don't find myself I'm not you know I'm not a better audience member because I happen to interpret films a certain way and write about them. I just have a different way of handling how I take in movies compared to an average moviegoer that just goes into sure. yeah, of course. to take in be it an actor, an actress, a director, a writer, what have you. 
Yeah, I mean, granted that you've seen, like, you know, probably 300 times more than an average movie goes. Well, yeah, that's why, you know, someone goes to a restaurant. They're not going to ask the guy that's sitting next to him to make them the food. They want to have the guy that has the experience to make them the food. Yeah, I mean, this gets into the national political scene as well. Anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but getting back to Alien Covenant, again, I, I think the, the ideas there were, they were just much more, they were talked about and discussed uh, at great length uh, coming out of Prometheus, and that's great. That's that's fine. That's dandy. Uh, they just weren't touched upon as much. But again, the ideas of David, continuation of David, continuing to pursue what he feels is is his almost innate right to become uh, a superior being than humans, that's fascinating. And I think that's what um, – if if you didn't get that from the from the first two minutes where they're showing you the, the credits, uh, and if you didn't get that from the middle and whatever else, then now you know. And hopefully you go in with fresh eyes. Um, or at least, you know, you revisit it from time to time or sometime in the future. And, what I, what uh, I hate is, like, the guys yeah. that come in, like, you know, after the credits have ended or the pre- – excuse me, the previews have ended and the movie started because the movie just starts right away with that scene and they're still like trying mm-hmm. to find their seat and eat their popcorn and what have you. They're not paying attention to the movie. Because the movie starts off and it's giving you everything right away. It, yeah, it really is. But you, yeah. but you know how movies are, Abe, where you go into a movie and there is going to be people that come in like t- five minutes late. And, and for, for me personally, that kind of, it gets to me to a point where I sit there and I'm like, well, that guy just missed that scene, and that's really important for the rest of the movie. <laughs> He's not going to know what's going on. Guy in, I feel guy... bad sometimes, too, especially, like, uh, I just want, well, I just watched King Arthur Legend of the Sword recently, and somebody came in late, and I was like, you just missed King Arthur, like, why King Arthur's so sad, and why he's yeah, a, you an missed, orphan You now. missed Eric Bana fighting elephants in the whole growing up scene. You're going to, yeah, what, you what happened? That. that was a great scene. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quickly try to forget about that because if I concern myself with every single person that came in late, I'd blow my I'd, my mind would be just exploding. I just wouldn't know how to handle it. <laughs> but like even watching well, some that too much because you go to a lot of press screenings. But well, fortunately, also... fortunately, it's press screenings, so it's you know it's not audience members; it's people that are there to yeah. write about the movie. Said movies. <laughs> yeah, thing also, you know, just just show up a little bit early, folks. I know that previews last from five to ten minutes to fifteen minutes, but uh, yeah, you know, if you get there, it's it's. It's better storytelling if you know what happens at the beginning. And you know what it is. It's always teenagers. It's always like, you know, five groups of friends just walking like, whoa, we're going to see this movie. We're sitting down now. And it's like, guys, you just like, come on. You just missed that part. Like, that part. I see a lot of movies with adults. So I don't know. I don't I don't really have that problem. I don't try to see movies with teenagers. They just, you know, they come in inevitably. I try to keep them out. If anything, I put the sign on the wall and say, no teenagers. <laughs> right. It's weird that I have right, that sign and multiple and... copies of it, but I do. What can I say? <laughs> now, now, all right, you know, just go ahead and sit in your rocking chair, drink just lemonade, and uh, talk about how the old days are better. <laughs> but no, I definitely know what you mean by there with the whole entire, you know, uh, some some groups. Definitely, you you should stick around for the beginning and stick around for the ending as well. Try and get that for the beginning, I should say, not stick around, but try and get that for the beginning and stick around for the ending because it's a, it's a worthwhile movie experience. These people have crafted a movie specifically for. A purpose, right? You know, they have things set at different timestamps so that they can complete uh, the story that they're trying to tell. So, anyhow, yeah. So I... Prometheus and Covenant, they, I think that they go great together, and it's a continuation of David's story. It's just that one is is strangely more ambiguous than the other, but that somehow makes it better too. Yeah, and. Now I want to I want to pose this other thing that I've been reading in a number of places that I'll be very curious when Blade Runner comes out. Denny Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049, yeah. because there are people pointing out about this movie that Ridley Scott is basically showing that he's more interested in the Blade Runner universe than the Alien universe, and he just happens to be using the Alien universe as a way to kind of expand upon that. That's interesting too, because this, when you're talking about uh, Android 7. 
throughout like Ash today, mm-hmm. just on on this Out Now Nights podcast, uh, I thought about uh, Blade Runner and um, Roy Batty. Uh, what's his face? Rutger Howard's yeah, Roy Batty. Batty. And Roy I was Batty. like, you know, Roy, yeah, Rutger Howard and his character and how much he's trying to become human, right? He's trying to become human, and, but he also, you know, he shares like he has like a monologue when he dies at the end. Spoilers for Blade Runner, which is you know more than forty years old, uh, yeah, was, almost thirty years. Yeah, it's like a long time or, ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he he talks about basically seeing things that nobody's ever seen, which will all be gone in the blink of an eye. And that's kind of what this movie is with David. Like, if David were to be like, you know, do all this stuff, then come back to Earth, he becomes Roy Batty at that point. Like, because like it's it's exploring this 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 um, this android and like all these things it's trying to kind of invest itself with because it has this way of it. You know, it has a, a level of AI that's so beyond anything. And so it's getting to do all these things, regardless of how violent or malicious they may be, but experience these experiences beyond any kind of what what anyone would comprehend as being possible, essentially. And so now I, this makes me wonder even more if the villain of Blade Runner is going to be any near as fascinating. I have a feeling it can be, just because Blade Runner is a much more cerebral film than the original Alien was. And it's interesting to me that Scott has tried to go to this new level with Alien by bringing in far deeper ideas with Prometheus and to a lesser extent Alien Covenant um, mm-hmm. because he's so since he's apparently not doing Blade Runner he still wants to kind of explore these ideas in some way and see, he is still a producer on Blade Runner but the Blade Runner you know as a you know, as a whole regardless of which one you feel is better uh, Blade Runner is a you know a more cerebral movie than Alien is and I just hope that because I'm so I, I'm more or less ambivalent to what Blade Runner can do, just because I don't really know what it can do beyond seeing a lot of talented people working together. I don't know what this movie has to offer, and so I'm very open to getting some That's some really interesting, interesting things. Interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I don't like the whole other quote of I don't know what this movie has to offer. That's a good way of yeah. looking at. It. I mean, I, we talked about it. Now we're kind of uh, transitioning into a, a Blade or anything, but uh, still, still really got. Uh, ideas. Anyway, with Blade Runner 2040, I mean, we talked about how we're kind of interested in more of the people that are involved rather than the storyline. And sure, yeah. that that's true to a degree, but also, I, I wouldn't, you know, Danny Villeneuve, he has, he's he's made movies that have made you ponder as well. You know, again, he made Arrival, and he also... Uh, all, all of his movies uh, make you ponder. I, there's, I have no doubt about that. I mean, that's true. Yeah, there, there's I, all like a gray with it. Even, even Sicario, where you might think like, oh, it's good guys versus bad guys. It's like, it's U.S. government versus U.S. government kind of thing. It's, it's a lot it's of a very, there's a lot of gray there. I would say. I mean, yeah. If, if anything, I'd think I'd say Prisoners is probably his least deep film. I mean, that's pretty. But even that has like some gray with like, you know, would you ever do this kind of thing? And and but that that's a little bit more cut and dry. Yeah. Still, um, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they continue on with some of these ideas of of androids. But you made a great point. Uh, I think these movies, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, just continue on Ridley Scott's idea of androids and what the future holds. And it's if you take it in that light, it's a great sci-fi movie. And they're both great sci-fi movies. But they're just handled in, in such interesting ways, I'll put it. Because, again, we're not directors. We don't know. We've never made them. They're, they're kind of hard to make. But they're handled in ways that uh, feel just strange. Um, so... It's unfortunate, but at the same time, uh, it's, I think it's a, it always provides for healthy discussion. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're talking about this. If I mean, you're willing to have them. This is another reason why, to a lesser extent, I like Alien Covenant. I mean, I'm able to have this conversation with you about these ideas that are clearly in there. It's just it's not coming out in the best of ways, for, for example, for a, um, you know, a big film that has big names attached to it. It's not the most satisfying of experiences, regardless of which questions you wanted to be answered. It's 
for you and I, it's only doing so much of the work to get us to be satisfied by those things, as opposed to right. being a a complete classic. Which again, I, while we can't you know we can't pre- we can't predict the future necessarily, I'm not, but I don't necessarily think Alien Covenant they're going to look back on it and be like, well, this was the one that really you know spelled out what we all wanted in life, guys. Like I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think where so. Where <laughs> Alien is obviously a revered classic, Blade Runner is a revered classic. I mean, there's there's things that go there. Prometheus, yeah. I I don't know. Time could tell. I still think it'll be mixed, but I mean, I just basically I don't know. Blade Runner is different because I think that first film for me did everything I kind of want a Blade Runner movie to do. And I'll be very, I'm very open to... Including a super ambiguous ending, which I'm still not sure if Deckard's a replicant. Yeah, (laughs) and so, yeah, I'm certainly curious. I'm willing to accept that you're giving me another Blade Runner movie because you have all these talented people involved. I just, I don't know what to get out of it. And I just hope that it, like I said before we talked about the trailer Blade Runner, it has more than what the Ghost in the Shell remake had to offer because it's like, that just gave me ideas that were prevalent in the 90s. And is this just right? I mean, we d- we definitely like talked about that in the review of just the ideas that the uh, Ghost in the Shell was presenting. Yeah. So this movie needs to be more than just an expensive version of a new update of Blade Runner. Like it needs to have something else to offer, or else it's just going to be like, hey, that's great that Roger Deakins made that movie look really good, and Johans- Johansson's score was great, and Harrison <clears throat> Ford gave a fuck for a couple minutes to do this movie. Like it's just all of these things <laughs> that that I'm I'm happy if it's more than that, but for that the time being, that's all I'm kind of expecting. So I just wanted to accomplish more. Mm, I mean that that's kind of diminished my view of it a little bit, but at the same time, I'm still I'm still willing to give I'm it. I'm certainly optimistic I, I, I still because hope, it has no, no, great no, no, people yeah, involved. Yeah, like I, I'm not not because right. it's it's weird how to phrase this because uh, it's a movie that I'm 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 not interested in it because it's Blade Runner. I'm interested in it because it's these people that are doing it. Yeah, I I mean yeah, that's what we said on the podcast as well. And it's rare that I get honestly, it's rare that I get surprised by movies. I generally know what I'm going into. I mean, sometimes I get disappointed by something. Sometimes I get some. The biggest surprise I had was last year when I when I liked Fantastic Beasts. Honestly, more, much more than I thought it would. I, I I'm glad. I yeah, I glad I, I, I like that movie a lot. Like not just like oh that was fun. It was like this is really fun. Like I really enjoyed this experience of watching that movie. I didn't expect that. I expected it just to be like okay, that's a fun thing. That's it. it was like oh this has a lot of cool stuff in there. I know not everyone necessarily agrees with me, but it made its money. Like, I'll, I'll see another one. I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, they're making another. I think they're making like three more. Yeah, like so, five planned. Yeah, so, they got a whole five more. Yeah, yeah. Some some ridiculous some number. Ridiculous number. I'm not saying yeah. that all those are going to deliver to the same extent, but I'm more interested in them now than I was before I saw the first one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that you had that experience with that movie going. So anyway, that was uh, Out Out Nights with Alien Covenant nice. and Prometheus and. Blade Runner. Nights. So, nights. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a, this is a good deep dive that went on longer than I expected it to. Yeah. Of, of what of what we couldn't really cover on the main review. Yeah. Well, listeners, let us know if you like these, you know, nights episode. I mean, we do, we've done some of these, and I, they generally are liked. We've got a lot of we got a lot of good notes on our Stranger Things episode with Anna and I and you. Yeah, we did. That, yeah. And that was, we're saying and that it was, was like, and it was fun to do. Favorite episode. And yeah, we heard, yeah. and you know, we have just to say this on the side there, we have episode 300 coming. We're certainly looking to kind of <laughs> not necessarily change up the format or what have you, but certainly make some modifications to kind of evolve the show a bit. So uh, if you guys like this kind of discussion we're having, feel free to, you know, chime in on the old Twitter at twitter.com slash underscore podcast or Facebook page or our email at podcast at gmail.com. Let us know because, uh, you know. Let us know. Yeah, we're, we're online. We're available. Yeah. We, we're always listening and reading our feedback. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I like to ship everything to Jordan Grout. He filters the reviews and messages and what have you and then he relays it to me later because I don't you know, care that much, but no, I'm kidding. I didn't know uh, that we had paid interns. <laughs> I don't pay them. 
<laughs> um, I didn't know we had interns. <laughs> he doesn't even know he's an intern. Uh, but, but, um, but no, no, seriously, though, yeah, let, please let us give us some feedback on these kind of episodes because we're, we're certainly – it's fun to discuss things um, like this into a broader – or not a broader, a more specific uh, uh, extent um, as far as – what we what we can delve into on these movies on a on a further basis rather than just you know straight up reviewing them, which is fine too. We love doing yeah. that. That's why we do it for you know. Yeah, we, we love doing it. And also, again, when when things itch us so much that we have to do these I don't know nice episodes, nice, uh, then then we'll do it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we haven't really done it as frequently as you can tell by the the episode number of it. But um, yeah, I mean, we love talking movies regardless. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's gonna do it for this uh you, you know where all our stuff is we're not gonna go over all that right now we, we've been yeah, going no. along as it is so yeah that's uh that's gonna do it for this episode about now nights nights so until next time so long and goodbye good night